0: I'm Lois Jeffers, and this is Lead with Lois, a podcast all about leadership. In each episode, I examine what it means to lead yourself and others effectively. Over the years, my personal and work experience have taught me that self-leadership is integral to career fulfillment, transformational organizational leadership, and driving equity and inclusion in the workplace. In short, to be a great leader, you have to start by leading yourself. Join me as I explore the power of self-leadership and together we'll learn how to unlock and maximize our leadership potential.
1: Hey everyone, welcome back to Lead with Lois. I'm your host, Lois Jeffers. And in today's episode, we are continuing the career reinvention series. So throughout my podcast, I talk a lot about self-leadership So borrowing a phrase from Oprah, what I know for sure is that our decisions uh, with regard to our careers is really driven by our ability to lead ourselves or this idea of leading from within. So I wanted to share this perspective through stories, stories of everyday amazing people who are leaders in every aspect of the word and through self-leadership have made career choices that truly align with their values, passions and interests. I hope that this conversation series inspires you to do the same. So what is self-leadership? It's fundamentally developing a sense of who you are and what you're capable of. It's how you lead your own life, how you set a course to understand yourself, your values, your strengths and weaknesses, how you follow this path, learn, adapt and pivot. In a prior episode, I broke down self-leadership into four components, self-awareness, self-efficacy, self-motivation, and self-resilience. So today, we're going to learn how my guest found the drive and motivation to reinvent her career. So we're really honing in on two components of self-leadership, self-efficacy, and self-motivation. Y'all, so I am really excited to introduce my friend, Yvonne Davenport.
2: Perkins. Welcome Yvonne. (laughs) Hello everyone. So happy to be here with you today Lois. Thank you so much for having me. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for
1: agreeing. You know I've been tapping all my friends who are doing like super amazing things and I thought that your story and journey of career transition and career reinvention would be something that folks could really learn something from. Mm -hmm. Um, So before I dive into Yvonne's bio uh just as a backdrop to how we know each other, Yvonne and I have known each other for six years. Uh, we previously worked together at a boutique d consulting firm, uh, but while we no longer work together, we've uh, thankfully been able to maintain a friendship over the yes. past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yvonne, it was just amazing to work with you. I have such fond memories.
2: Yes, Ooh not even just the work that we did which was also really important but just the the bond that we created like just when we would be in the office alone i tell you guys now we would be laughing we would be working but we would be laughing at literally everything like just and it would make the days go by so much easier because when you have that joy even if the work that you're doing is not that interesting if you have someone you're with that's making you laugh and just helping you get through the day it is so much better so I thank God for Lois. She was my first official co-worker. So. <laughs> thank God for you, Yvonne. I remember just rolling
1: back, you know, in my office and having conversations cross-office. And like you said, we talked about anything and everything and we're, uh-huh. we're always laughing. You know what else I remember? I remember our trips to Ben and Jerry yes. around the corner <laughs> for ice cream and sorbet. That's uh, right. <laughs> I that. So I can't wait to get back to New York City to see you and yes. hang out again. Mm -hmm. Um, So, a little bit about Yvonne's background, I'm going to read this because it's better than me just seeing it off the cuff. (laughs) So, Yvonne is a life coach, a consultant, a New York City native, a wife, homeschooler and mother of three adorable young men. She has over 20 years of experience in business administration and project management across diversity, equity and inclusion education service and health and wellness industries as the founder of life code she works with clients to help them define success on their own terms and create a vision with actionable steps to achieve their goals she's also the co-founder of a dei consultancy lens diversity where she focuses on helping others establish common ground for the difficult conversations around difference in and out of the workplace avon's mission is to help others create a life they've always dreamed of while simultaneously establishing spaces where those lives are viable, regardless of background. Yvonne, I love that mission statement. It is. Thank amazing. you. <laughs> it's your why.
2: It's, it's why you do what you do. How
1: did you
0: come yeah. up with
2: that mission statement? You know, it's funny because I had said, Life Code has been like a brainchild of mine for many, many years, probably maybe since I started my professional career, Stay always in some kind of iteration. Um, but Lens is actually fairly recent. Um, a very good friend of mine that I've known since junior high school reached out to me and she was just like, I want to be, she was like, I want to be a better Black person. She's like, I feel like I could be more involved in this fight and just like having conversations and like speaking to my friends are from different backgrounds. There are a lot of things that they just fundamentally don't understand. And I really want to start something where we can, you know, Get that conversation going, and so we worked together on it. And Lens Diversity was, you know, like the brainchild of both of us. But it was really when I took a step back, I was like, "Well, how would Life Code and Lens really fit together?" And then I thought about, you know, yes, and on the one hand, I am helping people determine what success looks like for them, whether it's, you know, a nine to five, or whether it's entrepreneurship, or whether it's being a mom or a parent or anything like that. Um, But I'm also creating spaces for people. To have those lives and not be burdened by the you know societal pressures and things that people have to deal with. I mean, with COVID, we saw how everything came up with like people of color and also women of color, how many people were losing jobs and you know how essential workers were so important, but they still aren't being paid a fair wage. So there's a lot of things that are coming up in just the the current space right now that are conversations that we all need to have. And I feel like they both lend to each other because. We want to create the lives that we love to live, but then we also need to have the ability to do that, you know, and as people from different backgrounds, that might not always be readily apparent. Yeah.
1: Thank you for saying that. I love how you've sort of intertwined the two <laughs> mission statements. Yeah. I think both are such worthy causes um, and you're one of the best people I know to be able to help people uh, in the ways that you've identified. Um, so I want to walk through your career journey, but I want to start first with this, statement that I found on your website uh, Mm -hmm. that I just, it hit me in the gut a little bit, and I'm gonna read it. And I want you to speak to, um, how did you get to this point? Because I feel like there was a pivotal moment in your career. So I'm gonna read the statement. Um, I, I, I pull this directly from your website where you wrote, I was consumed with this idea of the life I could lead if I hadn't been exposed to those antiquated notions of what success looks like, how a woman and mother should behave, whether I should work a traditional nine to five or start something for myself. So that seems to have been a point where you were doing a lot of self-reflection, mm-hmm. um, thinking about your career journey over the years. So what led up to you having that realization? So maybe just walk us through your career journey.
2: Yeah. Well, the realization came in, I want to say 2017. Officially. Um, because as I said before, you know, I had always wanted to do something like Life Code, but as I had env- envisioned it originally, it was something that was catered more toward kids. So, mm-hmm. like middle school, high school, day, high school age kids, because I had always wanted to be in education. And while I don't imagine myself as a regular teacher, I do have a connection with kids. And I knew that I wanted to do something to kind of give back to the younger generation. So, Life Code had always been in the back of my head. But in 2017, I actually participated in Um, a personal development course through this organization called Momentum Education. Mm -hmm. And essentially the crux of their curriculum and what they do with their work is to push people outside of their comfort zone. So it's like, how could your life look without fear? And that was like a really hard question for me because I've never I always worried about things, especially, you know, becoming a mom. It's like you can't just go do whatever you want. You have kids to worry about. You've got bills to pay. You have to make sure like you keep everything on an even keel for them. Mm -hmm. And then you can if you have time left over, then you can do the other stuff. And so I was always worried about kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone to then sacrifice other things. Um, and when I went through this uh, course, it's actually a three-part course. And when I went through each of the steps, I realized that it isn't an either or, it's a both and, You know, it's a choice, it's a conscious choice that you're making. Like, yes, there will be certain things that might happen where it's like you know, taking a step back and you kind of have to like reassess and maybe it doesn't pan out the way you want it to, but it's still a conscious choice. There's never an instance where having, since taking those courses, where I felt like I wasn't in charge. Like Sometimes I'll feel a bit overwhelmed, but then I always remember that that's also a choice too, to feel overwhelmed. Mm. Like there's everybody's got a lot of things going on and I'm not saying that you shouldn't feel that. Like I don't want people to say, oh, but it's always, it can always be better. It's, sometimes you need to feel the tough feelings and get comfortable with being uncomfortable, but also just thinking about that you can also make the change to have something better or something different. So that's kind of where I was just thinking nine to five is not really my thing anymore. Um, But officially my career journey, I started my very, very first job was at a glass and windows repair shop. I was, I started as like a receptionist and then because of my work ethic and my drive and just trying to really like dive into and learn everything about my position, I eventually became the business manager um, of of the office. And I was there for about two years but I realized that there was more for me outside of that. And okay. so then I started looking into, like I said, I had been interested in education. So I was like, you know what? I want to go work for the Department of Education in New York City. Because I, I figured that, you know, that's a foot in the door. You know, like maybe I could go to school, get my degree, and then I can transition into the classroom. And this was before I realized that the classroom was not for me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I worked at um, the New York City Department of Education, and I thought that that was my road. But then... Um, they started doing something with the city where if you didn't have a civil service title, you got let go. So you have to schedule for these tests. And if you don't take them within a certain amount of time and pass them, then it's, you know, we have to let you go because there are other people that need these positions. Um, And I really think that that was a good thing for me because the classroom was not something that was for me specifically. I don't Necessarily fit into that box and I don't like working with children in such a restrictive way like we have to learn X Y and Z because you need to pass this test. Uh That's that's not how I like to share knowledge and learn and kind of grow and I just knew that that wasn't something that would be um, good for me and help me as a person. So after the Department of Education, I moved on to um, the health and wellness industry, I worked at a health club and spa called clay which is in uh, on 14th street in new york city and i was there for about 2 years and also again starting out as kind of a receptionist position and then moving to hr and then you know working in the the management office management position um, and really just seeing like how people would naturally gravitate toward me and think that I was in charge. So like when new people would start, they would come up to me and they'd be like, you're the manager, right? And I'd be like, no, I'm not. But then I was like, wait a minute, people keep thinking you're the manager for a reason, right? So, and and funny thing I'll tell you, before I ever started working with Velocarp, I actually did a culture assessment for them in a very rudimentary way. But I, I created like <laughs> um, a process where I, I surveyed everyone that had worked there, like individually, I spoke with everyone about like how they felt about the company, what they think was good, what they thought should change and like what they could see going forward and what they needed to, you know, feel like they were contributing and felt included and all of that. And I looked back over and I was just like, wow, I was a DEI consultant before I ever knew (laughs) the (laughs) time. Look, we fall into the roles and positions that we are meant to be in. Right. Right. And that's one thing that I always found in and through throughout my career. Um, my career, I guess, you know, life would be that I was always supporting other people. I was always, you know, helping others, like getting the team together, Uh collaborating, like that was my thing. Like I always wanted to make sure that everybody knew what they were supposed to do and that they were okay with, you know, whatever that was. And if they weren't, then let's have a conversation about like how that needs to change.
3: Hey, y'all i hope you're enjoying the content so far i want to take a moment to introduce you to my executive coaching practice lois jeffers executive coaching as a coach i work one-on-one with professionals seeking clarity and direction in their career and with professionals who want to build more inclusive and equitable workplaces i know that choosing a coach is a very personal decision but with over 15 years' experience in coaching, consulting, diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as organizational psychology, I can confidently say I know what I'm doing. But more importantly, I want to help you figure out what you're doing. What does it look like to work with me? It's a non judgmental, reflective, and action oriented journey grounded in evidence based practices. So if you're seeking to drive change in your career and workplace, go to www.loisjeffers.com and book your free discovery call with me today.
1: That is um, such an amazing story. This idea of, uh, your purpose, sort Mm -hmm. of finding you in such uh, often non-traditional surprising ways, and then Mm -hmm. being able to lean into your purpose, right, of helping others, supporting others. And that's really at the crux of when we think about the work that you do as a life coach, Mm -hmm. as a DEI consultant. So uh, really wonderful to hear how that thread has been like pulled through all of Mm -hmm. your experiences. Um, So as we think about, um, I just wanted to, to circle back to something that you said, you talked about, um, you know, knowing that there was something more for me. Yeah. Uh, And I feel like that sort of also begins to touch on this idea of self-efficacy, right? And we talk about self-efficacy. It's really this belief in uh, your innate ability to affect change in your life, to Mm -hmm. achieve goals, um, a desired result, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so that was one uh, time in your life where that idea of self-efficacy showed up, how else has that shown up in your life? You know, where does this, where do you get this belief, this innate, um, drive to, Mm -hmm. um, bring change in your life or bring change
2: around your career? Right. Well, definitely parenting. Uh (laughs) So, you know, Before becoming a parent, you just, you know, you focus, you can kind of pour yourself into your work and, you know, you can still have time for yourself. Becoming a parent becomes more of a juggling act and not even necessarily just a parent. Like if you're, you know, taking care of, you know, someone else in your life, like whether that's an, an older parent or a sibling or anything like that, or if you're an adoptive parent, but it's still... The idea of juggling is something that you really need to become familiar with. And that self-efficacy, believing in yourself and knowing that you can do what you need to do to get things done um, is definitely an important part and something that I've learned. It's it's trial by fire, essentially, because, you know, with one child, you can kind of like, you know, test the waters a bit and kind of figure it out. But then once you have two and three, then it's just like Okay, so this is what we're doing now. (laughs) And it can be a little bit uh, daunting at first because, you know, you're also molding little people who are going to grow up and go into the world and be the next managers and supervisors and presidents and, you know, of companies or, you know, countries, you know, whatever it may be. Um, But you also have to think about at the same time while you're molding these young minds to then also attend to yourself because you can't give to these little people if you are running on empty all the time. And that was another lesson that I had to learn kind of the hard way was just I can't do everything and I shouldn't have to. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times people just don't want to ask for support. That is one of the most important things, I think, also that I learned through. Momentum specifically was just ask people for support. The worst that can happen is they would say no. Mm-hmm. Um, but you never know. People ask and be like, oh, of course I could do that for you. You'd be surprised when you ask certain people, like, could you help me out with this? Or do you have a connection to that? And they'll be like, oh, yeah, sure, I can definitely help you with that. And then how much trouble did you save yourself? But yeah, it was baby steps because some people are still like, I don't know, I, I can't, I'm not good at asking for help. Yeah, so. it's,
1: it's a hard thing, for, I think, for a lot of folks uh, for a number of different reasons. Yeah. Um, when you, share that story, um, it to me just ties really nicely to this idea of self-leadership, right? The mm-hmm. idea that you have to lead yourself first before you lead others, right, right. And it shows up, not just in the workspace, but also in our personal life, right. I mm-hmm. mean, um, we're whole people, <laughs> right, so all these aspects of our lives. Um, and how do we really think about leadership, not just in the workplace, but also in our personal lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the transition from uh, business management operations mm-hmm. to uh, starting life code, uh, mm-hmm. becoming a life coach. Talk to me about that transition.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: why did it happen? How did you make it happen?
2: Okay. Um, so I had been working with Velocarp uh, for about maybe seven or eight years by the time I had, I guess, officially started Life Code. And one of the, I guess, uh, things that they had tasked you with as part of the program that I was in was, you know, Think about like what you would do if if fear was not an object for you. You were not afraid of anything. You were just going ahead with all of your wildest dreams. Like what would you want to do? And so I said, you know, I've always loved helping other people kind of figure out their next best step to like getting the life that they want. Cause I've, I've had a lot of friends come to me and say, I just don't know where to start. And I'm always, I'm a good organizer. Like I'm an, a good, like initiator. You tell me what you need to do when I have like the beginning puzzle pieces and like, let's do it. I got a plan. Let's get it together. And so I just got really excited thinking that this is something that I could do and help other people, but then also grow in the process. Because when you're, when you're helping other people figure out, how to make a life is what I call it when I say learning HTML, Um, you also learn a lot in the process as well. So it's not just, oh, I'm helping these people figure, I'm figuring things out about myself because then there are conversations that you have with certain people around like, you know, relationships that they have with people in their lives that kind of mirror things that I'm going through. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is, this is a sticking point for me. This is maybe something I need to work through myself. So it's like holding a mirror up. And so I really like the coaching work because it engages with people on that level, because I'm not speaking down to people. Like I've got it figured out. No, I can tell you how to figure it out. Like that's never the stance that I want to take with anyone that I'm working with. Um, because I understand that I don't have all the answers and my life is also not perfect. No one's life is perfect. Even people with millions and millions of dollars, their lives aren't perfect. It's just some things are easier than other things. Uh But I do understand that, you know, working with people, it has also helped me to grow in the process. So about maybe I think I want to say like maybe May, 2017 is when I had started like really seriously thinking about starting life code as a business. And then, as the year kind of wore on, I was just like, you know what, what's, what's stopping me from doing this as like, you know, a side thing. Like mm-hmm. I only work nine to five, you know, I have all the other hours of the day and the weekend. And if this is something that I'm really interested in and passionate about, then why not? And so I officially launched the Instagram page. Cause that was really all that it was in the beginning was just me posting, you know, my thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, January 1st, 2018. Cause I was like, it's the new year. We're going to start January 1st. Um, And then from that point, it kind of just took on a life of its own. So like gaining followings and people reaching out to me and saying, you know, I'd love to work with you. What's your methodology? Like, what, how do you work with people? What does this look like? Because a lot of people have some confusions about coaching versus therapy. And so it's very important to kind of clear those conversations up in the very beginning. So we're all operating from, you know, the same starting point. Um, But from that point, I would say like January, 2018 is really where it took off. And then, you know, obviously it was still like a side hustle. And so it wasn't something that I was able to devote myself to full time because I still, you know, worked at Carp, and my job there was also very demanding and, you know, there was a lot going on. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, having more time at home and just seeing what happened, we had a lot of people get sick, but thankfully get better. But we also lost a lot of people in 2020. And it really just forced me to stop and say to myself, why are you waiting? Oh. You've got people that are not here anymore who won't be here to see what you are what you wanted them to see, right? Because, you know, like we're working towards something and like, when I get this, then I'm gonna, you know, take my mom here and, and my family's gonna go on this vacation and we're gonna do all these things. And then it's like, okay, now this person is not here anymore. So now what are we gonna do? Are we not going to do these things or are we gonna honor them and still go forward with what we've envisioned for ourselves? Because that's what they would have wanted for us. And so last year, I was just like, you know, I have a comfortable job, yes, but am I happy here? Is this what I see myself doing for the next even one year? And the voice in my head was like, no. So at that point- (laughs)
3: It's like yelling
2: at you. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, no, no. And, and it wasn't like my job was terrible. Like I had very great bosses. They were very good with, you know, kind of accommodating my time, especially because when I started working with them, I was still in school. I didn't have any kids. I had only been married a year. And then 10 years later, I've got three kids. Like, so they were very like accommodating with my schedule. They're very nice people. Like they care, but at the same time, it's not even about that. I have a problem with them. It's just, This is not what I envision for myself. And to say nothing about their business, they're doing great work as well. But it's just not something that I could see myself doing for much longer. So last August, I gave my notice and I just said, you know, I, I really want to focus on pouring myself into my business. I don't want this to be like a side thing anymore. I've lost people this year. And it's just made me think like if I want to go after it, then I need to do it now. I can't wait. I can't wait. Oh, well, when the pandemic's over, we're still in it. So, I mean, like if we're waiting, we're going to be waiting for a really long time. So it's like, you got to kind of just get it together and get it done. And so officially last October, I was a full-time life coach. And I will say that being an entrepreneur is more demanding in different ways because I won't say it's more demanding in general, because there were certain things about my old job that I'm just like, whew, I don't have to do that anymore. But there are very demanding things about being an entrepreneur and things that you have to kind of hold yourself to task for. Because like you said, self-leadership. Now there's nobody saying you have to do X, Y, and Z. There's no one writing you a check paying you to every two weeks. You know, you pay yourself, You you get what you put in. So if you're not putting in the work, then you're not going to get anything back out. So that's the thing about entrepreneurship is really focusing on what is necessary and what needs to get done um, so that, you know, I can put that message out there and get more people to say like, okay, this is great. I really I really value this information because I really just want to share my message with the world. And I mean, thank God for social media, because like years ago, if we tried to do this, you imagine how hard it is to kind of get your message.
1: Yeah. I mean, Instagram is like just the
2: best <laughs> yeah, I thing ever. I mean, it's a lot of work. It like, is. It I'm is.
1: Be clear about that as right. I constantly every weekend try to get my stuff together.
2: Right. But right. It,
1: is, it provides this vehicle to pour out into mm-hmm. the world. Right. Um, so I want to just focus a little bit on the, the question that you, you, you pose what are you waiting for? That's such a powerful question. Yeah. What when are you I, waiting for? What are you waiting for? You know, when I think about my own journey and transition, and I've pivoted a, a couple of times and I've talked about it a, a lot of times. Um, even at this stage in my career and, and starting, you know, a coaching business and I think that's the question that i was asking myself last year too like what are you waiting for yeah like, mm-hmm. w- w- what's stopping you i mean it's hard work let's 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 be real it's yeah hard work but if this is something that you are that's really aligned to your values your purpose i um, and you're or you're living um in your purpose mm-hmm. then sometimes you just got to take that first step right so as we we both sort of mentioned, that is hard work. Instagram <laughs> is hard work. Getting clients is hard work. Right, right. How do you stay motivated uh, given mm-hmm. all of the things that you are doing? You have this coaching practice, you have a DEI consultancy, your mom, mm-hmm. your homeschooling, which I think mm-hmm. is amazing, by the way, <laughs> um, and your wife, you. and there are all of these things um, mm-hmm. that you have to be there for. Um, How do you stay
2: motivated, particularly as an entrepreneur? Mm -hmm. Uh, Speak to us a little bit about that. Staying motivated. I think one of the things that really sticks out to me and like one of my, I guess my taglines, one of my slogans is really just focusing on the progress over perfection, right? So Not necessarily like I was the type of person and this is the reason why I didn't get life code started sooner was because I wanted to be perfect. I wanted to be ready. I wanted to be like done with like my certification or whatever I needed to get done. Wanted to make sure the website is perfect. Got business cards like everything is all together. Everything's in place. And then I'll start it. So then you're waiting for all these things to come into place and it don't happen. And it never happens that way. Like oh. sometimes, sometimes we could be lucky and, you know, things kind of fall into place and it's beautiful and that's wonderful, right? But also there's going to be some things where you have to start and you don't have everything all together right then. But then you figure it out, right? Because that's what you have to do. And I think just focusing on the progress for me Has been the biggest like boom to just me staying focused and staying the course because there could have been instances where I'm like, you know, oh gosh, I don't have like the security of a paycheck anymore. I don't have the security of, you know, like a 401k and all this other stuff. And it's just like, yeah, you don't have the security of that. But what else do you have now that you didn't have before? Like, one of the things that I can do now is if I'm having an off day, I can take the day off, you know, like I can just have time to myself if I'm not feeling well, if I'm feeling depressed about something, if something's going on in my life personally, I don't have to worry about, oh gosh, I got to go into the office and smile in people's faces when I don't feel like, you know, seeing anyone right now. So those are one of that's one of the things that I feel that I've gotten through this transition that's been the most important to me is time because that's what we don't get back. You know, when when people are on their deathbeds or they're they're, you know, reaching the end of their lives. They're not thinking about, oh, damn, I should have bought that thing or I should have, you know, gone on this big. They might be thinking I should have gone on this vacation for the time. But the time that you spend with people and the time that you invest in yourself is more important than, oh, well, you know, I became CEO of this company because, yes, that is great. And not to denigrate anyone's accomplishments, but, you know at the end of the day, it's more about these connections that you've made and the people in your lives. Like, what are you leaving behind for them? What, what will be their memories of you? What is your legacy? And thinking about that, I knew one of the other reasons that I quit my job was because I wasn't able to spend as much time with my kids that I wanted to. And, you know, there wasn't flexibility, you know, with my schedule for many reasons. Um, But just thinking about it, I was just like, you know, these are, the, these are the, the young years, right? When they're still little and they'll let me hug them and they'll cuddle, you know, the three boys, they're not gonna wanna cuddle for much longer. So <laughs> I've got a limited amount of time before they're like, mom, stop, right? Like, <laughs> let me go do my own thing. Let me go hang with my friends, you know? And so just thinking about that and just not being around so much, like the pandemic was a blessing for me in that I was around for most of Owen's first year. Oh and I was not around as much for Boogie year, Tyler because I had to be at work. Like I got maybe three months, almost three months um, leave and then I had to be back in the office. And so I just missed a lot of things. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But the state of like maternity leave and flexible work schedules in this country is, is just crazy because We see now being in a pandemic that you can work from home like people have been telling me for years, oh, you can't work from home. We need you here for what? Like we have been working from home for over a year now and businesses have survived. Some haven't. But that's also because the model, it doesn't lend itself well for where I was working and for a lot of office workers it is possible to work from home and still be productive. And I think that if anything good comes out of this pandemic, it will be that the people in charge understand that how work gets done is not as important as that it gets done. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to be in the office from nine to five to be a productive worker. I could work at home from nine to one and be done with everything for the day and then go do whatever I wanna do for the rest of the day. But you know, it's like it's a problem because I want you to be on all eight hours. And it's like, is that really necessary, though? If you have something for me to do, then that's one thing. If I'm not doing my job, obviously, then you can say something. But if I'm getting my work done, but I'm just getting it done faster, is that a bad thing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think there will be a lot of changes in, in how companies and corporations are, approach right flexible right. work. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, you know, we talked about entrepreneurship. There are ups and downs. We know that it's all—it's not always easy. Um, and even transitioning or making that decision to to go out on your own. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to for you to share a little bit about how did you, what did you do to prepare yourself for that transition? So mm-hmm. um, you talked about, you'd taken this course uh, called mm-hmm. Momentum many years ago, and that helped mm-hmm. maybe set the foundation to right. um, so get over the fear of that transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, But what else did you do to prepare yourself for the transition? If you could speak to that a little bit.
2: Well, definitely taking time. So at the end of last year, I also spent time just focusing on like my coaching methodology. I I enrolled in a course uh, for certification just to, you know, be up on, you know, what's going on currently in the coaching industry. What are some different tools and tips that I could use, um, different activities? Because, you know, I'm thinking about helping people define success on their own terms is a hard task, you know, Mm -hmm. and one of the things that's most important is being able to kind of meet people where they are and provide them with the vehicle to get to their, you know, their answer, whatever that may be, whatever that looks like for them. And so a lot of preparing for this transition was really you know reading researching learning like really pouring into myself and saying all right like all right i'm learning about this new this new like you know um procedure that they have and so let me see how i would kind of fold that into my current methodology and let me look at my current methodology and see is there anything that i would like to tweak are there things that i would want to work on and also then envisioning okay once you know january 1st 2021 comes and you know got the official relaunch How do I want life code to look like what is my goal for the year and really getting clear on what success looks like for me because I'm helping other people figure out, but I'm figuring it out for myself. So like, how will I know when I'm successful? Uh-huh. How many clients do I want to have? Do I want to have coaching groups or do I just want to do one-on-one? Do I want to do a course? Do I want to write a book? Like there are so many things that you can do. And the most important thing in the beginning of any process, when you're transitioning, if it's com- from career to career, or, you know, from a hobby to another hobby, you have to think about what is it that you're really trying to get out of this? Like, what's the why I'm doing this because, and then what do I want? Okay. And then you really think about hone in, like have maybe like, I, I, I hesitate to say five, but like three to five things that are like most important for you so that you know, once I've gotten these things, then I'm like, okay, this is great, this is, this is what I wanted. But getting clear on that vision is probably the first, first thing that I did was just figuring out like, okay, what's next steps for life code? Now that this is done, this is what we're going to do. So it was, you know, the coaching certification, Mm -hmm. it was tweaking my methodology and making sure like everything looked good to me, everything made sense. Also, you know, reaching out to my target market and saying like, how does this look to you? How does this sound? Getting feedback, you know, surveys, all of that. And then taking that information, you know, maybe making some changes, adapting to, you know, what recommendations and feedback I received and then getting everything ready for the launch um, on January 1st and I was really lucky in that I had also asked for the support from others because I think that's also a very important thing when you're making a transition. You don't have to do it all alone. You can ask others for help. You can ask other coaches that you may know, how did you do it? Like, what would you recommend? This is where I'm at right now. What do you think I should do going forward? Get your own coach. Like, even that is still a big thing. Like there are people that I know in the coaching industry that I always reach out to like you, but also others as well to ask questions and to just kind of bounce ideas off of and have our own little accountability groups where we check in with each other. And we say, these are our deliverables for like the next two weeks. And then we check in with each other again and say, how is it going? Do you need support in anything? Let me know. And and we really kind of foster this community. So I think that to again, reiterate going over like the basic steps was, getting the coaching certification classes started, honing my methodology and creating a support, a network, a community of people that I could reach out to when I needed it. Because I felt like that was also one of the most important things, because when you start to feel like this is not working or this is not going as fast as I want it to, because we always want it now, 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 Mm -hmm. um, you have other people who are saying, slow down. It's going to come in time, but you got to keep putting the work in, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. So, and once it does happen overnight, you're going to be like, oh, I didn't want it this fast. Right. So we want it, but then we don't
1: want it. I think what you're you're speaking to, I think also aligns to one of the mantras that you mentioned earlier, this idea of pro- progress over perfection. So you right. didn't have it all figured out. Mm-hmm. You made the decision, you got over the fear and you decided to start, but you also knew that you had to take a couple of steps to build your uh, competency, your capability, right. pushed out for support. So you were taking those little steps, right? Progressing. Mm-hmm step-by-step to help you uh, launch the business, even though Mm -hmm. it wasn't necessarily perfect at the time, but Mm -hmm. we're taking these little steps, you know, progressing, um, as I mentioned, um, building your competency, getting support. Mm -hmm. I also love that this question that you asked or or posed around um, developing, or asking yourself, what is my vision for my life? And that's right. a question I also like to ask um, clients, right? What is What do you want your life to look like mm-hmm. one year from now? Or what does your life look like one year from now, right? Because mm-hmm. it, it ser- almost serves as a North Star, right? It is the overarching vision, and you know that you have to take specific steps to get there, mm-hmm. but it's a question I think we, we need to ask, more of us need to ask ourselves, yes. Yes. Um, as we think about like what our next steps are. Mm-hmm. Um, so another question I think that comes to mind um, is really thinking about how do you how do we navigate the the uh, barriers or roadblocks that might come in the way that come right. up when you are in this period of transition and growth and, and progress. How did mm-hmm. you navigate any roadblocks that um, that showed up for you in this process?
2: Right. I think one of the most important things for me. Uh, specifically, was to feel my feelings. And I know that that sounds silly, um, but sometimes when we're working on something, we can become so consumed with getting to the next level that we just kind of stuff things down and don't pay attention to it. We'll just deal with it later. And that's how you kind of build up trauma and you build up resentment and a lot of anger and just, you know, some feelings that just are a little toxic and would better be dealt with in the moment instead of just putting it off to another day. And so I think one of the things that I've given myself, especially just how crazy 2020 was in general um, for my like family unit was just allowing myself to feel my feelings. Just if I was upset about something to kind of think about, okay, why am I upset? And even if it was like a silly reason to just be upset You know, just be upset. Don't take it out on anyone, but just be like, you know, man, like you could, you could be disappointed about something. You could be discouraged. You know, you could feel overwhelmed. Yes, that is a choice and you can choose out of it, but that doesn't mean that you can't sit with it for a second and just be like, can I just feel how I want to feel right now and not to have somebody else tell me, but it's going to be okay. You just have to keep moving forward. Like sometimes you don't want to hear that. Sometimes you want to be like, can I just be pissed off right now and you leave me? Mm -hmm. Um, But that was one of the most important things is really just... Feeling my feelings and kind of acknowledging what was happening, where it was coming from, and then really paying attention to what is the response to that now. So I'm upset about maybe a conversation that I've had with my husband, and you know, why am I upset about it? And then I start to think about. Well, what did I hear versus what did he say? Because sometimes people say certain things to us, but we kind of interpret it a different way for tone or whatever. And it sounds like something completely different than the words that actually came out of their mouth. And so sitting with my feelings and being able to feel them, but also help me put a point on what was really the problem? Were you making something out of nothing, or was there an actual issue there? Because then you can address it. But oftentimes I found that sometimes I'll just make it more than what it needed to be. I just needed to be upset for a second. And then it was fine. I remember seeing this meme and it said, was it a bad day or was it a bad five minutes that you milked for a day? Just like, you know what? You just don't tell me about myself. Okay. Like just, just leave me out of it. (laughs) But that's what it is. Right. Like sometimes people just milk it and it's like, okay, you can be upset, but don't, Don't let it take your entire day because that's time you don't get back. You be in a bad mood. And then for what? Because then when you look back on it, is it something you're going to be worried about tomorrow or next week? And if it isn't, then like, just let it go after five minutes. Just let it go. Going back to like the four components of Mm self-leadership, one of the components is self-awareness. And and what you're really speaking
1: to is self-awareness and taking that time to reflect on what is going on internally.
3: Like, we do not do enough of that.
1: Myself included. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying to rush to the next thing. Right. Trying to like check things off my to do list Mm -hmm. without stopping and reflecting and thinking about what is going on with me. And that is like a really key competency when we think about coaching as well, right? Even as coaches. Um, and when we're coaching individuals, when we're in that moment, we are experiencing a lot of different things <laughs> because we're people, right? That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. We cannot remove our humanity from that coaching experience. So being able to step back and think about what is going on with me? Why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and whether that is journaling or meditating right or whatever, I, I think that's such uh, important advice for people. Mm -hmm. Um, during this time uh, whether you are transitioning in your career or thinking about what your next steps are so thank
2: you for sharing that feel your feelings yeah Um, that's that's that I'm trying to think is there anything else that helped me like navigate like any like potholes I think also um taking time out to be with family like especially on days where I felt like my energy was low seeking out the people that kind of you know, get your spirits up. Like, I I think that's very important to know who those people are and to be able to go to them in those moments where you're just like, you know what, I'm not feeling like this is really going the way I want it to. And I don't want to do anything today that's related to work. But then you know what? Capitalize on that time. Like I always have my my boys come and sit in here with me. They call themselves my co-workers, um, but they just ask me a million questions and try to distract me from what I'm trying to do. Um, but they do come and sit with me and sometimes they'll come in here and they'll like watch a movie while I'm working. On those days where my energy is low, I just make sure to spend time with people that kind of, you know, recharge the battery right because sometimes you can do that internally you can meditate you can do yoga you can exercise you can read take a nap but then other times you know it's nice to seek that from other people and also to kind of foster those bonds especially during the pandemic if you can't really see everyone in person doing zoom calls like uh-huh. i just had a zoom call with a friend of mine that i don't see very often anymore we also used to work together and we check in every so often and we just talk you know about everything. And it was really nice to just sit down and talk to her because we can't really see each other right now. And then another thing that I do weekly is I have um, family dinner night. So like my my pod of people that I see all the time. So we right. know like we're not getting anybody sick, but they always come over my niece and my nephews and my uh, two sisters-in-law we'll always have dinner Friday nights. And so that is always fun for me because we'll watch a movie, we'll have dinner. Sometimes we'll play video games or board games or just talk and laugh. And those are like really the best times for me. I look forward to my Friday night. Before I would look forward to Fridays because I'm like, gosh, work is over. over. But now now I look forward to Fridays because I'm like, yeah, family dinner night. Because it's really important to me. Like having family is one of the most important things to me right now, yeah. That human connection, you just, yeah, it's just so important. Um, So Yvonne, one last question
1: before we wrap up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I asked this to all my guests. Uh, (laughs) It's not that fancy, but. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. I it up like it's super fancy, but no, um, (laughs) I think it's a good question. I like folks to reflect on this a little bit. Mm -hmm. If you could go back in time and give advice to yourself when you were Mm -hmm. starting out in your career, what advice would you give yourself?
2: Mm. Uh, hmm. I think that I would tell my younger self, do not be afraid to advocate for yourself. This has been a sticking point for me throughout my life and not just in in my career, but just in general in relationships. I am always very conscious of how I affect other people so much so that I'm like you know what it's not that big a deal we don't we don't have to turn this into a big thing it doesn't have to be like an argument you know that type of thing because for me I wasn't thinking about it's a conversation for me it was it's going to be an argument so i was already kind of setting myself up to be defensive mm-hmm. not understanding that you can bring your your thoughts and your feelings and you know your feedback to another person or, you know other parties And it doesn't have to be an argument. It's just you speaking your piece and your truth and saying to this person, this is how I feel about this. This is maybe how your actions or your words have affected me. And then let's have a conversation. But I was just looking at it as once I bring this up, it's going to be like arguing, it's going to be a shouting match, or this is my boss. I can't possibly bring that up to them. And it's like, yes, you can, because you can have a conversation because you're an adult. And I think that I was so concerned with arguing with people and I was such a people pleaser That I was just like, you know what? I would always brush things under the rug and then complain to my husband about, you know what happened today? And he'd be like, you should say something. And I'm like, you're right, but I'm probably not going to. (laughs) So that was always a problem for me. And I've gotten so much better over the years, not just because, you know, you're older, you're wiser, but I think my children really keep me honest um, because, especially my eldest, he has like the the memory of an elephant. And so he will always remember like things I said we were gonna do or the meanings of things or just anything that I've said. He'll always remember and be like, but you said it was this. And I'll be like, oh God, you're right. I did say that. And so when you have kids that are listening to you and they're picking up on what you're doing and how you speak to other people, you know, like my my son told me, he was like, will you yell. And I was like, "Mm." because I'm telling them not to yell. And then they're like, but you yell. And I'm like, all right, I get it. right exactly and I know some people might say oh well they're kids and you know but no you don't want one thing that I can say that I'm doing with them differently not to say that my mom just yelled at me um because that's not the household I grew up in but I do know some parents who are just like you know children are seen and not heard and Children don't have agency in this house. I wanna make sure that they know that they have power even as young children and they can choose things in this house. They have consequences, but sure, you can make that choice. You can decide not to eat your vegetables, but then this is what's gonna happen, right? But that doesn't mean that we're gonna have like, you know, a shouting match or somebody's gonna get like a spanking or whatever. We're gonna have a conversation about it and there will be consequences, but you need to understand that you do have power. You're the only one who's in charge of you. And that is one of the lessons that I teach them, but then they also teach me because it's like I'm in charge of myself. So if I'm upset about something or if I need to fix something, I'm the one that has to do it. No one else is going to do it for me. No one's going to swoop in and save the day. Um, I have to be my own superhero. And so I think that is probably one of the most important things is I would say, start speaking up for yourself because no one else is going to save you. You got to save yourself.
1: I love yes. that, Yvonne. And again, <laughs> you're teaching those kids, your kids to be
2: leaders at a young age. To I, I hope so. I just, I'm so excited to see like what happens in 10 years. Cause I, like, Christian always looks at me and he goes, what I'm like? Imagine when they're like 18 and 16, and he's just like, "I'm not as excited as you are." And I'm like, oh, it's gonna be so fun, right? And- I can't wait
1: to see what they're gonna be. I think they're gonna be amazing uh, young men and leaders. Yes, um, you know, mm-hmm. just really living up to the values I think that you've imparted within them. Vaughn, mm-hmm. so, I just want to thank you so much for sharing your journey, your career transition journey to entrepreneurship. Um, mm-hmm. Such. A ton of great nuggets. A couple of things that I took away. Uh, One, uh, what would you do if you didn't feel fair? This Mm -hmm. idea of progress over perfection. Feel your feelings. And yeah. then the final nugget that you shared, don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Yeah, I, I think our audience are really going to take a lot away from this conversation. I just want to thank you again so much for taking the time to chat of with Of course. Me. Yes. We can see you. I'm I know. Get the vaccine soon. I'll be able to travel to New York City, maybe in July. Perfect. So. Let's yes. put it
2: out
3: there into the universe.
2: Yes, yes. You're going to be here in
3: July. <laughs> <Woo-hoo>. <laughs>
1: Thank you so much. Um, I will talk to you later.
3: Thanks for
0: joining me this week on Lead with Lois. Make sure to visit my website, www.loisjeffers.com, where you can listen to past Lead with Lois episodes and learn more about my executive coaching programs. You can also keep up with me on Instagram by following at Lead with Lois. Join me next week for all things leadership and remember to look and lead inward.